Hi, welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Traumatic Transformations. Today, we have with us Lori Reesing. Um, Lori Reesing is a founder of the Raw and Wild Hearts podcast, Awakening Your Life Force Retreats and Beginning Within Therapy. She has been in therapeutic practice since 2001, providing trauma-informed body work, pelvic floor therapy, pain management, hypnotherapy for wellness, childbirth education, therapeutic body work for fertility, pregnancy and postpartum and newborn craniosacral therapy. She studied under the under an assisted world-renowned visionary, um, John F. Barnes, since 2001. In 2010, she completed her transpersonal hypnotherapy certification at the Institute for Th- Therapeutic Learning in Seattle, Washington. She later presented her well-received workshop, Get to Know Your Pelvic Floor, at the annual hypnobirthing conclave in San Antonio, Texas in 2018. She offers online holistic soul care sessions and birthing consults, which allows her to work with people worldwide. Lori also offers a unique retreat opportunity in several locations per year. By combining a safe space to connect with others on the path of discovery, where we peel back the strongholds of trauma held in the body, along with pelvic floor education, self-care techniques, dynamic four-floor exercise class, and surfing lessons, she has created an early transformative week that will take your life in directions you may not ever thought it was possible. Through her podcast, she provides an invitation to her Wild Heart Revolution, which is one of destroying this culture rooted in fear to uncover the unconditional love and divinity we are meant to thrive in. 
Her mission is to explore the vast expanse of humanity by embracing all that we are and all the ways we can live in our full and divine selves. She's currently working on her No Holds Barred book on childbirth to help return to its root, true roots, which is all access point to gentle and healthier communities, as well as exciting book that will dive into the possibilities of rebirth and reawakening in our lives. How fun and exciting are you, Lori? I can't wait to talk to you more about all of this and all that you've achieved. Um, so thank you for being here on the show with us. Absolutely. That's I haven't ever heard it read back to me like that. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you are a big deal, Lori. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being here. I, it really means a lot to me and my audience. You know, I really am very big and the show is very big on, you know, the mind, body, brain um, and spirit connection. Because I think if one of that part of our life is out of sync, then it can be a very disharmonious place. So um, really, thank you so much for, you know, being you, doing everything that you do and connecting all those parts and being here to talk to us about how we can live the best version of ourselves. So thank you again. Um, so Lori, tell us a little bit about I, the part that really sort of intrigued me. I'm going to get into the, you know, uh, the parts about the um, uh, fear holding and scarcity culture that we are in and the unconditional love part because of everything that's going on these days. But just so that my listeners have a little bit of a background about you. So tell me a little bit about where the traumatic or the tragic part of your life began and how that made you and carved you into who you are today. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I want to take this kind of in a new way for people to understand. My trauma became, began as I came into the human experience. Like this is so often and it's so, it, this happens so often that we don't even realize that our prenatal period creates trauma for us that goes very deeply into our, our DNA and our cells mm -hmm. that we later on as adults express. And yeah. so mine, I have actually traced back a lot of my wounding and trauma to that period, to my prenatal, to my birth and postnatal period. So it really began there. Um, that's where I had a lot of my deep abandonment wounds, which many people do. And this is why I'm working to change the world through birth. But I had very specific trauma in my 30s. I would say my entire 30s were like, almost when I was becoming the wounded healer. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, the perspective that I come at healing now is really largely informed from what all of the tragedy that I went through kind of like one after the other through my thirties, you know, how the, yeah. that days when it rains, it pours. Oh, absolutely. A lot of us I'm talking about that. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, you know, when we're vibrating something, we're almost magnetizing it. And this is, you know, it's a different way to talk about the law of attraction, but when we vibrate in any level, we also attract that level. And it's hard to hear that when you're in wounding and trauma, because really the only way to get out of it is to feel it. Absolutely. And See, that's, that's the part with that we as a culture in the society 
do not acknowledge because we are not supposed to feel our emotions. The big, heavy feelings were just supposed to repress, numb. We feel overwhelmed. We don't know. And all of that means emotional intelligence that we don't tend to have because we don't focus on that. We only focus on the IQ. We don't focus on, oh, big feelings. Let's not ignore it. Oh, big feelings. They're trying to tell us something. Oh, big feelings. What do we do with it? So thank you for talking about that because that excites me. Well, it's always information. Absolutely. We've been repressing information for so long. We've been repressing our own medical intuition that we were born with mm-hmm. because we've, we've given our power away. Absolutely. So we've been, and this is, it's part of the age of Pisces that we're actually moving out of. We've been in a very sacrificial place, right? We've been mm-hmm. in a wounded masculine culture where we're all trying to get ahead. We're all trying to keep up. We're, it's com- competition, fear, lack of. It's like the only way that we learned to get ahead was to be scared. Yeah. And that's actually, that is going to create a much slower progress at getting ahead. So now what we're, when we're, as we're moving into the age of Aquarius and we're coming into a place of uh, divine feminine and the sacred masculine, which is divine feminine is our intuition. You know, that whole, yes. like, a woman's intuition. It was always seen as negative. Yep. That's our medicine. That's yes. literally how we thrive as a culture is following women's intuition. You know, whether women make the choice or don't even have the choice to bear children or not, we are life-giving creatures. Yep. And yep. so we have a psychic ability and an intuitive ability. In some cultures, the uh, medicine people of the culture used to have little girls that were menstruating tell their dreams and tell their stories because they were so intuitive. Hmm. And they actually gave information to the whole uh, community to learn from. That's how powerful and special it is. And that's, and we've been repressing that since we've, you know, colonized, but for so long, for probably about 6,000 years, we've been repressing that. And now it's coming back in. Right. It's, it's, it, and this is all about emotional intelligence and the, and the receptivity of it and the belief in it. And the, as we feel it, and drop into our traumas or wounding, we actually can transform them. And they can become powerful instead of taking our power away. Absolutely. I think that's what happens when we repress it, when we feel overwhelmed, we don't know about it, when we're uneducated about it. You know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier that really caught my attention in terms of the masculinity and the femininity, you know, I think we each, regardless of the gender that we identify in, and I say regardless of the gender is because, you know, I think we are used to looking at sex and gender as the same thing, like woman and man. And I think that's a spectrum, the gender um, and whatever one identifies with. But I think we we each have in us that masculinity and femininity energies. And I think if they're not in sync, then, you know, it causes us disharmony because as a patriarchal society, we are raised as men, male, aggressive, you know, um, all this masculine energy and female as in, you know, the intuition, the nurturing, the loving, the more caring um, uh, energy. And I think we each as a male or a female and everyone who identifies in between or whatever spectrum they identify with, I think we each have it. I think it's just about recognizing, knowing that we each have those energies in our body and what do we do with it? Right. Yeah. This is not about gender identity. You know, that's, that's a whole other choice that is a beautiful 
multiple choice for people to really feel like their their true selves within right. themselves. But no matter what, we all have masculine and feminine energies. I mean, when you go to the planetary system and the solar system, there's always masculine and feminine balancing right. it out. Right. And so we are nature. We're a part of that. You know, right. we are like an extension. Yes. And so now we're actually creating this beautiful balance yes. of both instead of looking at femininity as weakness, which yes. is that's how it's always been perceived. Absolutely. Yes. And that's why and as a result of that, as a, at the next level, is that if you feel something, you're weak and boys or men can't cry, you know? is the culture that unfortunately we find ourselves in because we don't talk about some of these things. Hey, I growing up, I thought I was going to, you know, I didn't feel comfortable crying all the time either. Like I was very much a tomboy. Why did I have to be a tomboy? Because I was athletic, you know? So I grew up with that tough exterior as well. Right. And um, I love crying. Like crying is my favorite thing to do. It's actually my therapy. Even if I, if I'm not sad about something, I actually still go deeply within myself and I have therapeutic crying sessions because it's like a, it's, it's a renewal. It's a reemergence. It's kind of like I'm checking in with my body and releasing anything that yeah. needs to go. Absolutely. I don't have to have something specific, tr- specifically traumatize me yeah. to do that. But that's, I've done so much work in this area, in this space. And because we've had such intense cultural conditioning, we have to work so much harder to get back to our divinity. And the divinity really is what we're talking about is the beautiful container of masculine around the feminine. And we honor both of those and have that balance within our system. And that's when we vibrate out in the world in a way that things happen easily. Things start moving and flowing because when we flow with our emotions, we are liquid beings. We're not these linear, just like, um, I want to say nouns because it seems I think like we are just in one dimension at that point. You know, there are so many dimensions to us and there, you know, it's just like when we are in that, super well, yeah. up, you know, dimension, I think we just look at life as black and white and there's so many other senses, beings, energies, um, emotions, and all these things around that, that we are in, you know, one of the things that you said about crying, I just want to sort of have my two cents about that, because I feel very strongly about um, the concept of crying. And then, you know, even with my patients, because I work with trauma, and, you know, heal trauma, I think it's really important that we like, so I've had so many numerous studies that show in terms of neuroscience, in terms of crying, that they, they, after you know uh there were there was a study or studies done where you know they took samples of people's uh, tears and they noticed that the tears actually had the neurotoxins that we were storing in our brain as a result of some of the things that we were working through like you said i actually have those crying sessions so those neurotoxins if they don't have an outlet where do they go? They stay in us. And imagine when toxins toxins stay in us, you know, we do all this nutrition detox and this and that crying is a very natural, like the way it was designed was to release those toxins from our brain. They, They were stored in our brain and they need to be out. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. I had no idea there was a study done on that. That's- I can send you the article, by the way. But yeah, absolutely. Very amazing because I'm just like, we're actually storing neurotoxins in our brain and they come out as a result of crying. So yeah. 
Well, and that's the thing, you know, I'm an, I'm a, a myofascial release therapist and John Barnes has always, you know, in those seminars, it's like, we talk about any release is a good release. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's always benefit to whatever is releasing from your body you know, that is our natural health. Yes. We have repressed it because we were like, oh no, we have this system over here that's going to take care of us. No, we need to take care of us. We are that system for ourselves. Yeah. We've been steered away. And now I feel like with all of the huge, um, especially astrological changes happening, but also what's going on in our world with, you know, COVID and the political system. I mean, everything that's happening, I feel like is a really big chance for rebirth. It's a chance to look back at what has been happening, how, how and why are we here? Absolutely. And let's like really dive into ourselves. And that's part of the age of Aquarius that's being ushered in. We're no longer giving our power away. Right. We are, we are getting into our own freedom and knowledge and, you know, the truth will set you free. And we're actually now learning about the things that have been covered up for so long. Right. You know what I mean? And we're curious and we want to know. So it's a really beautiful, even with all of the hardship that we're going through, like, I don't know many things that can change without some kind of struggle because if right. we don't struggle and I use struggle in a positive way, Please tell me more about that because I absolutely have a thing or two to say about that. You know, in my early years of life, I was like, oh, my God, why is life always struggling? Why is always, you know, the suffering? So talk, can you tell me your experience and I'll then talk about mine? Well, yeah, and it took me a long time to get there, too, because I was in such wounding and such struggling for so many years because I had, with our cultural conditioning, I had believed my life was supposed to be a certain way. And when it didn't turn out that way, when I started going through trauma and, and, you know, my daughter was stillborn and then I lost my health and then I ended up separating from one of the loves of my life. We had a miscarriage, you know, I could, I, it took me years and thousands and thousands of dollars and doctors to try to start to figure my health out. Like it was just, it was literally almost a whole decade of trauma yeah. after trauma. After trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, in while I was in it, it's really hard to be objective about it, right? Oh, and so I just felt like I felt like a victim. I was pissed. I was angry. I was I was seething like anger at the world as as why would everybody else get to have families and I, you know, this isn't something that I would get to have. And so that being said, I had to make a choice. Mm. I made a choice that I wanted to live. I made a choice, you know, I had almost taken my life when I was 17 years old based on the abandonment wounds that I had, mm -hmm. had come into human form with. And um, I was, it was like I was walking around as a person in my 30s, but because of my earlier experience, there's no way I was going to actually attempt that again. I was not going to attempt to leave this earth, mm -hmm. but it was hard for me to be in the earth. It was hard for me to be in the community and in such grief, and the grief just continued for so long. But there was a point, and I remember this point where I had cried every day for probably five years, mm. right? And I was like, wait a second. Now I know that this somehow, I don't think I have to live this way for the rest of my life. Somehow I know that I can enjoy being human again, but I have to work at it. It's Absolutely. not going to happen for me because oh. as you know, 
when we actually go into a depressed depressed state, the neural pathways start to shift. We change our brain based on the perceptions and the experience, the meaning that we give our traumatic experiences. Um, And then we sort of go down that rabbit hole because we strengthen and, you know, literally grow the neural networks that are not working for us. And that Mm -hmm. happens in our brain, unfortunately. And that's, you know, things like depression and anxiety, when people are like, just get over it. You can't, you you don't have control to just get over it. It is actually happening in your brain and with help, because when you're in that state of low, it really is hard to come back out all on your own and by yourself, you know, especially if you don't have the right tools, the knowledge. I mean, you and I can talk about it like this now, because we've been through the very hard work that it takes to get there, you know, Um, but it's difficult to get out there and make those changes happen because like you said you change your neural state based on some of the things that you've had um so yes absolutely and it becomes really easy to be in our story you know like it becomes comfortable we're creatures of habit so the longer that you're in it the easier it is to identify with it right and so this is what i'm saying like you have to make the choice yeah. that you want something different, that you know that there's something different available. And this is where I'm I'm a cheerleader for human divinity. Yes. Like we can always get to that human divinity, but you have to make the choice so that you can get the help, so you can ask Absolutely. for the support. So that you, can you know, I, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, no one's going to do it for you. Oh, absolutely. You have to make that choice. And then you bring, the, you bring your team in, you bring exactly. your community in. Yep. 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 And you know, I, I, I truly believe, like you said, it's a choice. Uh, suffering is a choice. Suffering is happens when we crave things, when, you know, things go outside of what we expect. If we expected certain things to happen a certain way and we, it doesn't happen the way we had anticipated it happening, then it's a suffering. Happiness is not a choice. Happiness is a state of being and even with that, then that's the next step up from suffering because it's like, you know, then certain things that happen in our ways that it makes us happy. But when we shift our identity to who we want to be as a result of clearing up some of these wounds, as a result of processing some of this suffering, as a result of looking at suffering as what can, what is this suffering trying to teach me and how is it a gift in my life instead of resisting it and suppressing it and repressing it so much? I think we come to a place and it's, it, it takes a long time. It doesn't just, oh, all of a sudden, as I'm talking about it, it happens. It does happen, but it takes a long time and a lot of work to get there. Um, like you, And one of the things that you said really struck with me, it's like you bring in your team of people, you know, for not everybody is going to have a therapist, not everybody for your healing to occur, it's really important that you, because just like, you know, trauma uh, is in the eye of the beholder, um, the healing is also a process that happens in the way that you design it for yourself. So, you know, your team of coaches, hypnotherapists, or therapists, psychiatrists, whatever that might look for you, is what healing looks like. So, yeah, absolutely. I I do want to say, though, as I was listening to what you were saying, is um, trauma can actually be healed really quickly. So we tend to believe it's going to take a really long time. And, yeah, it's going to. Depending on the incidences that it's been to. But like you said, yeah, it can be 
quick, but it, it depends on how you make that happen. Yeah, you have to get off of like rules and regulations. Like yeah, yeah, it yeah. could happen. You could find someone and create a healing uh, environment for yourself like that. Oh, absolutely. Like I've processed people's, you know, rapes, so to speak, with like, in a session or two. Um, so I'm not saying that. Yes, you're right. It, it really depends with EMDR. Um, but it depends on who you're working with, who is helping you through certain things. It doesn't have to, like you said, it doesn't have to be a elongated forever process and a very hard one, but it really depends on what you're processing, what you're working through, what you're willing to work through, you know? Absolutely. so And that, that's what it comes down to. Yes. Is what kind of level of commitment do you have to yourself and your humanness yes. to get, to get back into balance? Yes. And it doesn't mean that you have to, or, or can, or have to do it on your own. You could, right. but, when you make that choice and as a hypnotherapist this is this is why i say this you know hypnotherapy works really well and it works very quickly because it's based on the positive so it's based right. on a positive outcome and yes. it's based on positive language yes. you know and our fear culture you know it is if we try to force somebody into healing it's not going to happen I, I always use smoking for this because right. The doctor tells somebody you're going to die if you don't quit smoking. They go smoke more. Right. <laughs> because it causes anxiety. And right. The result of anxiety is not there because it's like, oh, I'm going to die. I might as well smoke and go all out. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Based language. Yeah. You know, we, we do not vibrate to fear and negative based language. We vibrate to positive abundance based language. Absolutely. And we haven't been in a culture that has fostered that. Yeah. Our entire lives. I mean, yeah. it's been a very, very long time. And so this is why hypnotherapy works so well because hypnotherapy actually talks about, you know, the positive outcome if you change a behavior. So we believe this is who we are. I'm a smoker. I'm not, right. but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not who I am. It's a behavior that I engage in. Yeah, yeah. So when you actually talk directly you to program the your yeah, subconscious, yeah, yeah. then it can happen very quickly. When we get past this, like, it's like this little switch that we have to get past because of the cultural conditioning that makes us believe something that's not even true. Right. And so, um, yeah, so it's such a, the thing is, it's, it's, everyone is on their own timeline. Everyone yep. is so unique. And again, with this kind of culture that we've had, we've tried to put everybody in a box. Like, okay, if I give you this, if we do this, you should be healed. No. You have to actually engage your medical wisdom yeah. and you feel if you're aligning with someone Absolutely. and for so long, we've been sacrificial. So we were like, okay, I've been told to go to this doctor. This doctor is going to make me better. I'm going to stay with them no matter what, even though it doesn't feel right to me, even right. though what I'm saying doesn't vibrate with me, I'm going to stick to it because someone told me if I do this, I'm going to get well. That is not how health works. Exactly. So people on my show say that <laughs> I love it because it's like, that's exactly so true. We're so conformed in this society of, you know, the medical um, and I love the medical community. I, I know it has its purpose, but I also am very big on the holistic and the alternative approaches to healing trauma and psychological um, things, you know, Um Sometimes, uh, you, and what I have found in my research and just from reading and learning is that 20, 
two thirds of the visits to ER and two thirds of the PCP, you know, um, visits are very um, psychological or trauma related. They're stress response related, I should say. Um, and most of the time, those stress response are, responses are caused as a result of not learning adaptive skills of balancing your relaxation responses. Just like you say, you know, it's like we vibrate better at the loving, you know, gratitude uh, frequencies more than the negative frequencies, but we don't know, or we're not taught how to work through those so that, you know, um, managing like stress and uh, Stress management is just something we don't get taught unless we come to a place where it's just unmanageable and then, you know, we seek other methods to do so. I, I'm all about being preventative instead of reactive as a matter of that. You know, but one thing that you said earlier really struck me. So I know that people, there is a huge stigma associated with hypnotherapy. And, you know, I think you're my, one of the, I have had other people that I've interviewed, but I somehow missed this question. So I really, I want to mention this because I'm a clinical hypnotherapist myself, but most of the people think of hypnotherapy as the quack, you know, <laughs> that Hollywood presents. So please clarify and inform us of what it actually is, what it does, and what does a good hypnotherapy session do and it looks yeah. like. This is what I do. I break it down to what it is. Like, that's the problem is that when we get all in this like crazy language and then we start seeing something, our media sensationalizes anything, right? So they're going to grab onto whatever they can sensationalize make money off of that profit off of it what what sells fear sells right you know what i mean like fear sells drama things. sells sex sells uh emotions yeah. sell you know joy and abundance and like relaxed living that's not selling nobody right. you know buying like, the drama of that right so that's number one that's the the biggest problem that's out there with hypnotherapy so i basically just tell people hypnosis is basic it's like honestly I don't even use the word hypnosis sessions. Right. Relaxation. Same here. <laughs> when we are in a state in a state of relaxation or in our parasympathetic, our you know, rest and regenerate uh, system, we actually open up to messages and accept them as real. So it's basically like going into a relaxed state, presenting ideas or messages to the subconscious mind mm -hmm. and until they accept them as real. Mm -hmm. So that's where the repetition comes in. So listen, this is the deal. You've been being hypnotized your whole life. Right. <laughs> we store our stuff in sub the in the subconscious, you know, yeah. where it first starts happening in the first place. We make meaning to it later in our prefrontal and the left brain part of our after brain. it's completely solid. Yes, in the conscious part of our brain. But all of the sensations, all of the messages that we really really, you know, get from the world are all subconscious, which is where the change needs to happen. And this happens from the time you're in the womb. Yes. So you know spoken language yep. you are taking in messages constantly right Absolutely. and so basically what i'm telling people is it's not actually hypnosis it's dehypnosis we're dehypnotizing yeah. you back <laughs> into your divinity right back to the way that you were supposed to thrive as a human yes right? into like really believing in yourself and creating health for yourself and in a balanced place and being adaptive right and right. knowing that you're an abundant person over the scarcity that you've been living in right yes. and so Yes. There's, I mean, there's a lot to be said about what's happening in our culture, you know, with insurance practices and greed and, you know, companies and, and 
there's so much to be said about yeah. that. I don't feel like that's what we're talking about, but right. with hypnosis, like I just am so in a like street roots talk right. about yes. it. You know, I don't put I don't put a medical spin to it. It's like I've I'm I've probably already been hypnotized today with something while I was driving. You know what right. I mean? You know, right. I just kind of like went into a relaxed state and saw a sign on the road. I right. probably took that into my subconscious in a different way. So it's whatever your subconscious takes in over and over and it accepts it as real. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best example of this is, which is why I do so much work in epigenetics and childbirth is we'll talk about that next, right? It's the it's what's happening in childbirth. Uh, We're being hypnotized to believe childbirth is a traumatic medical event. That's painful, scary, awful. Like every negative word and thought you can feel about it is what we are being bombarded with. The, the image and message we're being bombarded with since we come into the world. Yeah. Even before we come into the world, because we're yeah. listening in the womb. We go through the whole experience of, oh my God, it's going to be the most scariest thing ever. Right. So you can imagine if your mother's feeling that and you're in the womb, you're taking that into your cells. Absolutely. So whatever you, t- this is inter- intergenerational trauma. So you take into your cells what was in your mother's cells, what was in her mother's cells. And if we're never clearing those wounds up, we're yep. passing them on continually. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So every time that mom is in the doctor's office and she's scared and she can't speak up, she's disempowered. She's, she goes home and is, is completely panicked that her baby's going to die or she's going to lose her baby. That is going into her body, into her cells. We're such magical creatures. That is our ability mm-hmm. to do. We have the ability to pass things on from our tissue to our child's tissue, mm-hmm. but we don't learn about that, right? Yep. And so this system has gotten so abusive, and I'm get, I use the word abusive because literally we are traumatizing mothers and babies most of the time. Yep. Most mm-hmm. of the time. This yep. is happening so often and we intellectually there's plenty of scientific research out there to show that this is happening we have documentaries we have people speaking on it we you know there is we have ACOG talking about it but do we change our practices no because no we're not we're not held accountable to change these practices you know but these days i am seeing a tad bit of a shift in mothers um that are now using child childbirthing like doulas or childbirthing specialists who are because the moms are learning to be more informed about some of these things not the parents before my generation but i think my generation and people younger than me are sensing um that you know this is important we didn't know till now and the show is all about breaking the cycles and you know breaking the chains of the intergenerational trauma because i i am in love with this topic of epigenetics you know it's like just because we're ignorant or don't in denial about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist you know uh, i'm very firm believer of 40% of our trauma ptsd depression anxiety uh, 47% is genetic. We are predisposed, whether we like it or not, we get it. Um, the fifth, other 40%, you know, is um, the, our perception of things and events. And then the 10% is environmental. So like you said, if you are a mother, hypothetically going into birth and the 10% of the environment or the people around you, if you didn't have the doula, let's say, or, you know, birthing specialists, then you're going to 
do that to you and your children, whether you know it or not, you know? Um, so th- th- in order to change that, because I really think we can break those cycles by healing, by clearing up all the wounds, like you said, and working on ourselves. So not just that we model the right behavior and, you know, to our children or to our future generations, but we also um, sort of clear ourselves up so that we don't have to live with that forever. You know? Absolutely. I mean, we right now, there is so much um, spiritual and planetary support for actually clearing up our wounding, our karmic loops yes. that have, have been going on and on. And, you know, I've been doing my own just recently. Yes. It has been and I did some through EMDR. I've done some in, in many other ways. But right now it's and I again, I do not I think that this is not coincidental. Hmm. What happened with COVID you know, basically, we were forced with, are you do you want to adapt? Or yeah. because we're forced with our mortality when a virus like this comes around, right? And this is like, we can go one of two ways. Yes. We can um, just do the masks and the, the and sanitization and, and, and stay away from people. Or we can actually dig into our healthcare and understand how we can change our healthcare and how we're meant to fight viruses. Absolutely. I did a podcast episode all about this because... Let's talk a little bit about this as we approach towards the end because I really want to have my listeners view... Um, by the way, tell me your uh, podcast episode so I can send everybody there. What is that podcast about? So it was in season one and my podcast is called the raw and wild hearts. And that episode was called empowering your health during coronavirus and always with Dr. Peter Borton. And you will fall in love with Dr. Peter Borton. I've known him for years and years and he's, he's so sciencey and yes. he's so spiritual that he's the perfect blend and balance. That. Yes. So can you please tell us what you learned about this stuff as we approach the end of the year? Because clearly in December, not everything is going to go away. Um, we hope that it is, but till, until I mean, then, what can we do? Right uh, now we're in, we're in huge spikes right now. It's happening everywhere. And I knew yeah. it was in the fall because guess what happened? Like, let's just look at that. Yes. So we are nature, right? Yes. So why, you know, one of the reasons, and again, I'm not a scientist, I'm not completely informed about all this, but what I believe is one of the reasons that the summer got better is not because we went more into hiding, it's because we did what makes us healthy. We're in the fresh air, we're getting sunshine, we're getting vitamin D, we're eating fresher foods, we're, you know, having more salads, we're eating from the land more than from packaging. So like, look at, this is how did humans come in with their health, because we didn't come in with hospitals and procedures and doctors. We came in with ourselves. Exactly. This is really a grand opportunity for us to go back to, or actually, you know, rediscover the cellular, deep cellular health that we can create for ourselves. But that also, we have to create the health for our planet because we get our health from the planet. Yes. Because we are an extension. Of and the I'm very big on grounding and the nature and earth as a part of healing. You know, in my meditation practices every day, I have to connect with the ground, the earth, and let go of all the things that I hold for the day or the day from the day prior. And, you know, I think we, nature has such a, earth has such a healing energy, so much more abundance where everything grows, where we, you know, it's like there's so much connection. We have to it and we... Um, the things that we do to the earth, I really think we need, it's a back and forth 
healing that we need to give back to the earth and get from it um, as a result of that harmony. So, yes. Well, I mean, this is why we have to look so deeply at climate change and, 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 and our impact on the earth, you know, big, big agriculture farming, what's that that's doing to the water supply to what are we doing to the ground and what are we doing to the soil? There's not enough nutrients in the soil anymore where our food's being grown. So we're not actually getting the full nutrients out of the food that we need as humans. Not only and, that, and go ahead. We also have to look at the ozone in the sun because Absolutely. we need to be in the sun and we have such a scare of skin cancer, but we need, we're actually like the way plants thrive in sun, we thrive in sun because we need the vitamin D. Yep. And if we have, if we're layered in sunscreen all the time, we're not actually getting that photosynthesis that humans need, just like plants need. Absolutely. So that's why we have to take care of the planet more because it's actually our true health. Like that is where we come from. And, and that's what we have missed for so long. And we continue to miss. And I think because of Corona, I think there's been so many planetary changes, like, you know, um, in good ways where we have cleared up so much of the ozone um, stuff because of not being able to drive, not, you know, not doing all this carbon emissions that we do. Um, but something that you said to me really struck me earlier in terms of, I can't think of it right now, but <laughs> um, I got so absorbed by your talk, but it really struck me in terms of Oh, one of the, th you know, some of the uh, places there have been research done on some of the places on the earth where people tend to live longest. There was a place in Brazil, apparently, where people lived up to, you know, one, 104, 107. And one of the things, huh? Blue zones. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, I, I want to focus on, it's like as a society, we are so focused on let's live long. Let's, you know, have, it's like so much focus on in the medical community about wanting to live long. But since this show is about being preventative and not reactive, I really think it's important to plant seeds in order for how can we age well by eating not processed foods? How can we age right by being in the sun, sun long enough? Um, not in the times doing, you know, not for after like 10 to four, but before and after but in the morning sun the best how can we you know through meditation age i mean and through some energy healing work um sort of reduce the ourselves from aging as fast as they normally do when we carry all this stress with us and don't clear up all these energies all these practices that we can do as a result of our mind are things that we put in our mind, things that we put in our body, things that we put in our spirit, and things that we cha and change our brain and our body at a cellular level by practicing some of these practices. Yeah, I mean, if you read the article on the blue zones, and if, if you imagine if we had actually had those as our human practices throughout all of these centuries, we would never be in the situation we're in now. Absolutely. You know, we put ourselves, like I said, we sacrificed ourselves. We put ourselves on the back burner to be in this com competition culture. And so we were so focused on growth and development and business and like technology. We were so focused on that. And we were like, oh, and then we have this, this medical system that'll just take care of us if we get sick. Well, no, now you see a virus comes that 
that medical system is not equipped to take care of us. We're supposed to be able to take care of us with viruses, but because of the medical system as well, it has decreased our immunity, which brings me back to birth. A third of our adult immunity has been decreased because of our birthing practices. And then we add in all of the antibiotics. Do you know how many rounds of antibiotics humans are supposed to be on? No. Wow. Two. We're on two before we're even born usually. Okay, that just shows you how skewed we have gone because we this is where we just kind of gave our power away. We were like, okay, we're gonna just, you know, we making money means getting up at seven in the morning and going for it, and not getting home and you know, eating on the go and then going to bed and sacrificing our relationships and holding our emotions in. Well, here we are. That's we are now in the product of years and years of that, right? Yep. And so if you look at those zones, you see the kind of community culture that's happening and how tight knit, how small and tight knit their communities are. You know, we just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And then we get more isolated and lonely the bigger that we get. Exactly. Um, and then like this hit, when things like Corona hit, we feel even more isolated because of the dependency. I mean, we as humans are supposed to be social, you know, that's what kind of upgrades us from the other mammals. But you know, it's like we we are supposed to be with other people. And yet, we need to figure out a balance, you know, that we create, uh, when times like this hits. Um, and one of the one of the things that you mentioned, you know, in the blue zone community, it's like their way of life, and they, they, they didn't get here there by you know they by the the process nature of our civilization you know that you were expressing earlier so i want to plant the seeds as, as we always almost come to an end um with this episode that you know for my listeners is that yes the, i think it's all about the balance yes there is technology there's yes there is access to all this capitalism and you know to this world and civilization that we have created for ourselves but even within that, how do we strike a balance and sort of, you know, um, instead of going, because it's like what we do is we, we are so evolved now that we're like, oh, we'll only buy organic and only feed organic and only do all these things, you know, in terms of the things that we put into our body. But um, I think it's really important that we become aware of what we are putting in our body is as less processed or as less packaged as it can be as less sugar as less salt all of those things are not the greatest for our body you know those cultures those communities those people they have such simple livings there is no hot dogs fries and coca-colas in in their lives you know they walk miles and miles you know in order to live they don't have all these fancy cars and all these airplanes i understand i'm not saying we we become them but i think we learn from them as we continue to evolve and not forget the roots that we come with you know, um, notice even with them, it's like they are in the sun planting and doing all this farming and doing all these rural things that we in the urban society forget so often. So it's like, you know, how can we design our mindset to be 
um, cleared of all the things that we bring into our body to understand and uh, notice that we're feeling all these things, what we're putting in our body, because I think it's like, a, it's, it's a, it's a very, um, you know, there is social, there is food, there is mind, there is emotions, there is intellectual, there is spiritual, all of these things have to be in balance in order to have a good quality of life for as long as we are on this planet. Well, listen, I think what it comes down to is we have to live intentionally. Yes. And we, I don't think that we have been for a long time, you yes. know, intentional living means like, I'm going to, it's going to come back full circle. You have to make that choice, like yes. whether you're wounding and listen, when I talk about wounding, this is the most important and empowering thing to realize we're in a human experience. We're all going to have wounding. That's a given. Okay. Yes. This is the yes. culture that we live in. And, um, the wounding is actually where you make the most growth. Yes. So when you're feeling like imbalanced and aligned and things are happening easily and flowing for you, that's not when you're making the tremendous growth, growth, the soul spiritual growth. So your wounding is where you ascend as a human. And then that's like the bonus, the cherry on top when you're like, Oh gosh, I feel balanced. Like this is amazing. Like, you know, (laughs) feeling like taking on the world every day. Right. And that's where you, to a place here where you share that yes and you you hope that somehow you can support someone else through their very intentional spiritual growth so like even the wordage like don't shy away from wounding or you know trauma yeah all have it like I almost will say it's not special because we all will have it and we will it's continue. Not, to and that's it. one of the things that I want to do and say is that we all go through trauma whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. You it's know how you how you choose to hold it yes. within yourself, move through it, feel it, and know that you can because and this is with my MFR, you know, when I do trauma informed body work. People get scared when they start to feel it coming up in their body. I'm like, yes. okay, you repress it, then it beca- it's going to stay there and become something bigger. But if you if you let go, if you work through that fear and it literally comes out of your body, it's gone. It's yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. So, and that's where you start getting the physical pain symptoms decreasing because you're actually not, your body's not having to hold these emotions and um, traumas and, you know, physical symptoms so tightly in your body and then it has more room to be fluid and conduct itself. Yes. Yes. That's what I feel like that's really important is to realize we, we have to learn how to live intentionally. Yes, absolutely. Around us has not fostered health for us. It has not fostered balance for us. It may have given us like a lot of money or it may have like given us different things, but it has not fostered those things. So we have to, intentionally want that for ourselves but we have to actually take steps towards it because I think not intention is not the only things that gets results I think intention is a first step which is very important one and awareness but I think action along with those intentions to move in the direction gets us the success of whatever it is that we are trying to attain you know and that doesn't just mean materialism it means the switch in the mindset it means the discipline it means the ability to work through all your heavy big emotions that we continue to carry with you that surfaces as 
anxiety and depression and, you know, as trauma. Um, so I really think, and, and I'm so glad that you brought this up, that grow the curse when you're in a place of, um, you know, not the happiness, but in the low and the valleys of our lives. So absolutely. I think that the key to life, quite honestly, is practice. Oh, absolutely. Because we practice going into trauma really well. Like we do that. So realizing like we go to our job every day, right? So to move through, to feel and find the support, you literally have to practice. Yes. And, and, and be dedicated to do the things right so I'll tell you it comes with consistency it doesn't just come with you know oh I want it one time I went to the gym here I have the body I want it's all about consistency it's about repetition absolutely that's where we get into you know places where we get so fearful from the repetition so I tell people I have two hypnosis sessions that are on my podcast okay and I'm like if you're if you're feeling so anxious ridden or you know you can't get off the couch like you literally feel incapacitated i'm like just push play push play keep listening to it over and over until you start to cycle out of that very very deep place that you're you're incapacitated and then you start it's like a flower starting to come up when the sun's right and as you start to come up then you start to to open up and start asking for help and finding the support you have the energy and you know the centeredness to do that so i'm like listen even if you cannot do anything for yourself find a meditation find a hypnosis find something that you just keep pushing play until you evolve we're always moving we're always changing that's what you can guarantee like you will never stay stuck in that place forever right exactly it's like we are sorrows never last forever our happiness never lasts forever you know it's like just knowing that whatever we are in is always a state of temporary and that will end at some point you know at some point something so disastrous happens that you have to get out of it or uh, it you come to a place where you're just like whatever it is that I'm not the other extreme of it is I'm not at that place but you know what else can I be doing to improving myself and becoming the better version of myself every day even if it's 10% better than who you were yesterday compare in 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 as opposed to in being in comparison to others out there because I think with technology we become so addicted to comparing ourselves to all the people around us that we forget that we need to look inwards and are you the better version of yourself than you know two months ago or a year ago because that's all that matters you know um so I really like one of the things that you said earlier about hypnosis and you know can you do you know on top of your head what uh, what episodes those are on your podcast if you don't then um that's okay but they're both in season one they were both okay. around when COVID happened because people okay. were in so much fear yes. that I out. so if you just go to my podcast page you'll see the two that say hypnosis and you'll Perfect. see the Dr. Peter Borton one but I just want to say sometimes it's just about moving energy yes we can feel overwhelmed if we're like we don't know how to change our thought process right so that's why I tell people like don't even worry about that like just I and I'll do this on my Instagram feed. I'll, if I feel like there's a collective heaviness, I'll yes. do breath work. Yeah. So breath work with people. And I'm like, just do this with me. See if it shifts your energy mm-hmm. and see, you know, and suddenly people on the other side, they're like, Oh, now I want to do something else. Like now yes. I can get off the couch. Yes. Right. So it's like yes. literally finding those things that 
It's not, you don't have to change at all. You don't have to become. And it doesn't just unfold all of a sudden, all, you know, all at once. I think it's a process. It's like, you know, I tell my people in my sessions that it's like an onion, you know, you chip away at the layers. It's not all of a sudden, oh, we get to the core of the onion. It's such a complex process, just like, you know, and there's a huge neuroscience to it, which I explained in one of my other episodes, that the way we acquire trauma, it's like, it, you know, it starts with the amygdala, which is like the fear center, then it goes to the emotions part of our brain. And then at the end, it gets to the prefrontal, the thinking parts of our brain. So it's like the way we unfold some of the, you know, the, like you were saying earlier, dehypnotize ourselves in a way it, it, it's a process. It's not just all, all of a sudden you rid yourself of something. It's like you have to know the, you know, the the balance of how you unfold that entire process for you. So sometimes you have to start with baby steps and with the breath work and with the hypnosis. Because one of the things that you mentioned earlier really struck me because that's something that I really relate to in during the early parts of my recovery from trauma and, you know, healing was that I used to just have things playing in my background, like just back in the day it was like the movie secret i've evolved since then two decades later um but you know it's just like having those messages playing in the background so that you know you program yourself because sometimes it's like we don't even know what we're ga gathering from our environment and from our space you know it's like we wait to go to the spot to feel better why not create the same experience in your own household and i'm very designed like that where i'm like i have all these incenses all these diffusers all this meditation music and people walking my house i feel like i'm in the spa and i'm like it's by design you can create that stress i mean relaxation response because we come home from so much stuff and how do we get rid of all that stuff you know, so it's like creating your own space that can be very relaxing with music, with hypnosis, with guided, you know, um, audio messages that can be very unfolding and very relaxing way to clear up and get rid of some of the things that you acquired from the day and start your next day. You have to clear energy constantly. Absolutely. We are always taking messages in and the messages are usually pretty fearful around us. Yes. So you have learning to do that kind of clearing work is really important. And if yep. you know, and and the little the tricks around I yeah. sage a lot, like there's, there's a lot of things that you can yep. do. But I also want to say that I still believe that trauma can leave quickly. Yeah. Uh, there, this would be a whole other podcast. But there's a great book called The Molecules of Emotion by Candace Pert. Hmm. And it's about the fact that we also have emotional cellular memory. So it's mm -hmm. not just through like our brain or, you know, our cerebral process. When we go through a trauma, the emotions of that trauma get stuck in our cells. Hmm. Yes. So it doesn't have to go oh, through yeah. it. Just gets stuck on ourselves. So as I do the trauma releasing from the body, it mm -hmm. literally like as that cell starts to open, that emotion like literally comes mm -hmm. out of the yes. And that's where people get scared because they're like, why am I suddenly feeling this, this, this pain or this fear again? And because we're not used to it at a subconscious level. And what you were saying earlier, what really struck me about, you know, um, storing like when you feel the physical illnesses, the things that we carry in our mind in terms of our trauma, they're absolutely stored as physical sensations in our body. If we don't take care of that over time or don't realize that or don't acknowledge that, then we see things like chronic pain, chronic illnesses, chronic anti-inflammatory and autoimmune diseases, which yeah. 
is because of holding on to all of those things at a very cellular level, which can absolutely be cleared and worked through if we just started with acknowledging it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it can just be a physical thing too. It doesn't have, it's not a subconscious thing. It's not a mind thing. It can come through that way. But it's literally like as people take themselves as their bodies unwind these traumas, it's like they're, they aren't thinking it at all. Exactly. See, we, that's what I, that's what, that's why I say trauma. You don't think your way out of trauma. You cannot. You know, and this is exactly the reason why it's because it has to it's it's a very physical um, and a very brain related experience, just as much as it is in the mind and in in the body and the spirit. Um, So absolutely. Oh, I I can talk to you forever, Lori. Such a holistic. That's the thing. Like trauma can come in in so many ways, subconsciously, consciously, physically, like there are so it's like. It's kind of can be an assault from everywhere. It can come in. It is. Yeah. From our mothers, from our grandmothers, like there's from our DNA. Like, so like taking that holistic approach, but also realizing that you are such a divine person. Like we have such a great ability to heal and no longer should we be disempowering ourselves and giving it away. It starts with us and we need to ask for the support and the help and the community of the people that vibrate with us and align with us. And if they don't, do then not they're not for us. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Time. We don't yeah. have time to waste anymore. Like we want to enjoy these human experiences, right? Yes. So <laughs> I want that favorite Steve Jobs quote is that it's like, you know, our time on this earth in this life is very limited. So don't waste it being living someone else's life, you know? And I, I'm realizing that more and more these days than ever before. Because, you know, it's like when people are like, oh, only when they hit, you know, those life and death experiences when they start to live life to the fullest. And I feel like I've done that for quite some time in my life where I'm just like, yeah, I live life without regrets. I don't want to live a life for someone, uh, even though a lot of my life I've been very people pleaser. But as over time, I'm learning, you know, the group of my, the people that I'm surrounded with are the people that absolutely align with my higher purpose and where I'm trying to be in life. And, you know, the, yeah. That's all matters. Creating the environment. When you create that that healing environment, you heal. We Absolutely. vibrate with everything around us. Absolutely. We vibrate with everything around us. So it's like an it's an exchange constantly. Yeah. And the more that we actually do our own work yes. and become more centered and grounded and you know, a more vibrant person and living in our divinity, that's what actually permeates the world. Absolutely. You know, it's not sharing a Facebook post. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, yes. we are, we feel, we, yes. we get in this mode of like thinking that language is our only communication. We actually no. communicate way more yes. and more powerfully when we feel the vibration of someone else than when we hear their words. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. couldn't, couldn't have said it better. Thank you so much for all your wisdom. And I definitely need to have you back because I just feel like I will not be able to <laughs> finish uh, this conversation. Thank I, I, so where can people find you as we, and as we end this episode, I would just like people to know where they can find you, where they can find your wisdom and how to connect with you. If yeah. So my website is the raw and wildhearts.com. I actually have a really great, um, it's called living pain-free five week challenge. If you sign up for my email list and it's basically, 
I'm breaking down easy ways to change your life, like by little bit by bit that actually creates health. Okay. So it's like a holistic way to do that over five weeks. Okay. And it's really fun. And uh, it's like a lot of the stuff I've accumulated for 20 years, helping people get into that. Yes, yes, yes balanced health state um and then i'm on instagram at the raw and wild heart i'll have Can to find you, you. i didn't raw know that you were on instagram yes <laughs> thank you so much so i will have all your links um in the uh, show notes that way people can find you i will connect you with you personally and um and i even on my blog community because i'm trying to build a blog community as a result of all of that i will definitely because i tend to transcribe a lot of my podcasts i plan to at least do that and you know put them on the blog with everything that we talk about because um, I think everybody could use help um, listening to some of these words of wisdom. So thank you so much for being on the show and we can't have wait to have you back. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. It's yes. a great conversation. That, definitely. Thank you, Lori. And um, appreciate you being here. Thank you guys for being here today. And as usual, if what we talked about resonated with you, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode if you're new on the show. And we would love it if you could please go and rate and review our episode today if you enjoyed what you heard. So we would love to continue to get your feedback. And also, I always welcome hearing from you. So if you need to get a hold of me, please get a hold of me at gpatel at gpatelcounseling.com. Thank you so much and catch you next time. Thank you.